And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Tuesday, December 26th. It's Boxing Day. You know, when the, the lady and the lord of the manor box up gifts for the help. Anyway, happy day after Christmas and uh, hope everyone is uh, happy and fully digested. Uh, these tend to be eating marathon days and uh, happily we can now turn the page over and start uh, our, our New Year's resolutions to, I would like to eat better. I would like to be more in control of myself. I know we all do that. We're not doing a resolution um, episode today, but we are going to answer questions. And if you've got a financial question, we're here for you, even this whole week when we're not working. Mark and I love to get, know that you are clicks away from us. So if you've got a financial question, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and then you're going to let us know whether you'd be willing to come on the air or whether you'd be willing to join us via video on our YouTube show called Jill on Money Powered by the Compound. All the information about that is on the website, so check that out. All right, let's just do some emails because this is a good time of year to kind of plow through the old inbox where there are only about 15 million um, emails sitting. Sorry, Mark, I, I have not done a great job with this, but we're going to try. I love the subject of this first email, which is what to do with extra cash, which is a great problem to have. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm 43 and my wife is 49, two dogs, no kids. Income, $420,000 combined. Hmm, people make a lot of money. It's a lot. Okay, retirement, $600,000 combined, 125 of which is Roth. They are maxing out Roth 401ks, both of them. 401k match totals about $18,000 a year. So all in all, we save about $80,000 a year toward retirement, $100,000 in cash. They uh, spend $14,000 a month because they have a fat mortgage, a $1.2 million mortgage. But importantly, that mortgage is at 3%. So when you look at their monthly spend of 14 grand, half of it is mortgage. 
their house is worth $1.7 million. And here is the wild thing. They've got $6,000 a month each month extra. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. They've got a car loan at 5%. So the question is, uh, should we attack that car loan? There's 50 grand remaining or throw our extra funds in the brokerage account or both? Well, I mean, I think that 5% is worth putting some money down towards because 5% is about as good as you're going to get in a safe account. And um, so if you've got six grand in cash every single month, you know what? You already have $100,000 in cash. I'm just looking at the brokerage. Is there a brokerage account here somewhere? Hmm, I don't think so. Um, If we do put into brokerage, what should we buy at our ages with our portfolio? They've got a high risk tolerance. Okay. So they have a brokerage at Vanguard. They are thinking about a broad stock market index, anything else to consider. Um, We want to set it and forget it. Any idea when we can retire to less stressful jobs, making more like $80,000 combined? When's the right time to involve a fiduciary? Our net worth is about $1.2 million. Here's what I think. There's probably some middle ground here. So you've got a $14,000 a month monthly spend. You've got a hundred grand that is in your safe emergency reserve fund. And I'm presuming that that safe emergency reserve fund is earning some interest, right? Because we'd want you to have some of that, you know, it's unlikely you'd both lose your jobs at exactly the same time. So let's just make sure that that's happening. So I would say, you know, since you have so much money that's extra every month, I would probably attack the car loan first. I would probably maybe just start with, uh, I don't know, if you say three grand on the car loan every month and then three grand into the brokerage. And when you're thinking about what to own in a brokerage account, I would say a broad stock market index. You can either use an index or an ETF. I don't care which. Do you have a preference, Mark, about a, a, a stock index fund versus an exchange traded fund? No, I, I think sometimes people don't realize that I, like, unless you're trading intraday, they're exactly the same things. That's the only difference is that with the ETF, you can actually trade throughout the day. But I, I'm going to guess this person isn't doing that. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. So what I think I would add to it when you say like you want to have a broad stock market index, I would add a broad international stock fund index, maybe like 10% of that. And then a small position in a bond index, maybe a if you, you're high risk tolerance, so just put 20% in a bond index and call it a day. Those are your three funds. If you want to start and just say, okay, for the first month, like let's get it going. We can take some of the money out of cash and build that up and start that way and then go forward. And then, yes, I would also attack the car loan. So both. I would definitely do both. The, the funny question at the end is like, when can I retire and take a less stressful job? They're in their 40s. They've got 600 grand. Now, it's funny that they say we have a net worth of 1.2 million. I don't include the house the house equity as part of this at all. I have to be honest with you because you're going to probably stay in this house. And so I'm not sure that that would be something that I would do. I think you know the answer to when you can reduce to less stressful jobs making 80 grand combined is when you have built up your asset base so that you can generate the money you need to live on. But if you're, again, if you're, if you need $14,000 a month and you're only going to make 80 grand combined, you better be building that uh, retirement fund up pretty dramatically. And if that is also the case, it makes the building of the brokerage account very important. 
the right time to involve a fiduciary would be when this is too much for you and you really want some real planning done. And I'm not sure when that'll be for you guys, but not yet is what I would say when you kind of get sick of it. And if you need more of the, um, you know, sort of detail analysis about when you can actually pull back, that would be another reason to engage a a fiduciary advisor. Okay. Uh, Ken says, is the S&P 500 a good or a bad investment? Well, listen, Ken, if you want an index fund that reflects the broad U.S. uh, stock market, the S&P 500 is a fine place to go. You can use an extended market index, just like the previous question. I like index funds. Low turnover, meaning not a lot of tax liability, and you know what you're buying, and the fees are basically cheap, so less than five basis points, 0.05% a year. So I'll take that. I really will. Okay, next up, this is Zach, who says, my wife and I are in our early 30s, and we hope to start having children within the next year or two. We live in the New York City area. We've been saving up cash, 120000 in a high-yield savings account. It currently earns 5%. Yeah, isn't that great? The hope is to use it for a down payment for a first-time home purchase. Ha, our question, should we keep this current account or invest it, considering we may still have some time before we actually enter the real estate market? Um, So in addition to that 120 in the high-yield cash, 185 in equities, 260 in 401ks, They earn $375,000 a year before taxes. We're renting in New Jersey and with rates and prices where they currently are, renting still looks like a better deal for us. Curious to hear your advice. Oh, Zach, I mean, I I think it is a hard time to be uh, buying a home. Mark's situation notwithstanding, this is not just about high interest rates because it is, I mean, like, Interest mortgage interest rates went up to close to eight. Now they're below seven. That's great. But we also have this whole pandemic era, which distorted the home buying market. Prices for homes nationally are up by more than 40% than before the pandemic. 40, 40. Inflation's up probably 20%. And so that means housing prices are running roughly two times the pace of inflation. That's crazy. And, you know, I think if you're if you're not dying to do this, I would really put the home purchase on the back burner for the foreseeable future. I really would, especially if you, you're okay renting. And that would mean that, you know, if you're going to start having kids within the next year or two, let's say it's a year, make sure you're in a place where you can kind of survive for the next year with a baby. That's, you know, from a rental perspective. Then what I might do is because you have that money in a high yield savings account, I wouldn't invest it because it is possible that we're talking about two, three, maybe four years from now. What I might do is build myself a beautiful little CD ladder because to me, that might be a kind of a safer way to keep your money working for you. It does sound like you're going to probably be in a house in the next sort of three years-ish but let's say that you said that you for now, you know, you're in you're in a high yield savings, but you could lock in. Let me look at what a five year CD looks like. Stand by. I might throw it into a three year CD or a two year, like a, a one, two, three year CD 
And that way, the money will be available to you. You know that you have it. It's not at risk. My concern about putting it into your equity account is that if things happen sooner than you than you plan on, or if mortgage rates tumble, or you come across a great house and it's two years from now and the markets are not you know rising, they're actually falling. I'd hate for you to lose that money. So I think that would be my best advice for you. Okay, this is from Raj, contributing to 401k or something else. Okay, Raj is 74 and says, I'm finally debt-free, no more loans. I have a C-Corp 401k account. I have a defined benefit worth $650,000. That's that 401k is 15,000. The defined benefit is worth 650 and is going to end up going into the 401k. Okay. Also, I have IRA accounts. So let's just think about this. 6 let's just call it uh, 665 in 401k. 90 in IRAs. You lied to me, Raj, because you say condo mortgage is 480. You saw, I thought you said you were debt free. Just kidding. Um, okay, so there's a condo with a loan on it. Expenses, including the mortgage, are $6,000 a month. I'm hoping to continue to earn $240,000. So it uh, sounds like uh, Raj is self-employed. So salary is hundred grand, and then and essentially some money that gets paid by taxes. Okay, so it's hundred grand ish I'm trying to save three months of my personal expenses and savings. How much should I and can I contribute towards 401k, Roth, HSA, et cetera? Listening to people on your podcast, sometimes I don't feel like I did a good job saving. You did a great job. Thanks. I love listening to you and Mark. Isn't that nice? I think given the fact that you're 74 years old, that you've got a lot of money in this retirement account. I don't think I'd put money in the retirement account. You didn't mention any partner or spouse or kids. So if I'm going to assume it's just you, when you say how much should you and should you try to contribute, I would actually be much more interested in you no longer putting money into these retirement accounts and instead building up that three to six month reserve and probably six to 12 months because of your age and then opening just a plain old brokerage account. I don't think I'd do more than that. Um, you know, if you feel inclined to do something, I guess you could put some money in a Roth. This is one of those strange times where the simplest solution is like probably staring you in the face. Build up your emergency reserve fund and also create a nice investment account for yourself, a brokerage account, something easy. All right. So that's it. That is for that is it for the program. Happy Boxing Day. Um, box those gifts up for your help. And if you're the help, enjoy your boxes. I hope you all are enjoying time off if you're taking it. If you're back to work, well, that stinks. But, you know, good to have a job. Always good to have a job. And uh, we encourage you to check out our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button to join us on the air, either on this program or on our brand new video show, Jill on Money, powered by the Compound. It's our new YouTube show. It's so cool. All right. And you can subscribe to Jill on Money, this program on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. Ha! Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.